What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster. Start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com. Hey, good morning, everybody. It's a great day to be here. It's a great day for pre-market prep, a great day for a small cap conference which is what we're going to do after the show today. But a lot to discuss today. Are we going to all-time highs? That's my question to you. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. We'll talk about it. Christian Feinhardt will be our guest today. A lot to get to, so you know what to do. Hit that like button. Tell your friends. Tell your neighbors. Tell your friend's neighbor's sister. And we'll start the show right now. Let's roll. This is Pre-Market Prep with Joel Conan, Dennis Dick, and Spencer Israel. I can't do this show alone. Got to bring on Joel. Got to bring on Dennis when he decides to come back to his desk here. Joel's here, though. Joel, good morning. What's up? Good Good morning, morning. Spencer. What's going on, Chipper? That's what I'm going to call you, Chipper Israel. Okay. You can call me Because you're Chipper. I mean, it's hard not to be. You're so excited. It's hard not to be so Chipper. I mean, the market, and I think Novograd said this this morning on CNBC. He's like, there he is. Uh, the market just can't seem to stay down. What do you want? What do you want? Can't it's, seem to stay down. All right. Quiet range overnight, all things considered. Uh, little little shenanigans on the close. 85 closing price. That's what I got. We found support a few ticks below it. So we'll just be keeping an eye on that pre-market low, 81 and a quarter. Got nothing to 47.12 for you. Uh, what I will give you, the number of the day, the focus number of the day, 47.0150, old-time closing high for the Spoos, and we got a shot to do it. We traded above it. Um, crude in the green by 27 cents at 72.31, hanging up here in a 72 handle. Uh, gold, let's call it flat at 17.85. Silver down 11 cents at 22.41. Bitcoin, Ugh, can't close. Did we close over 50 yesterday? Yeah, we did, but back under 50K now, trying to recover yeah. down 1250, 49,350. Ethereum up a few, a few dollars, 1350, 4312. So that's what you look at your commodities and cryptocurrencies. Uh, Triple D, what Stop. is the after hour and pre-market wisdom you have to share with us? Clear reopening trade uh, was happening an hour ago, right when we got the Pfizer news. It's starting to fizzle a bit, though. So initially, they bought up all the airlines, all the cruise lines, all the casinos very, very quickly. That is starting to fizzle, but you can still see it. Um, you know, obviously, you can just look at the indices too, IWM, but it's not as pronounced now. But but still, the airlines are up one to one to two percent. Cruise lines, I'm looking up two to three percent here this morning. Some of your banks are trading higher here. So, uh, but a little bit more muted response from what we've seen, because naturally, you'd see that headline, you'd say, "Oh, Pfizer," you know, looking here, and uh, they're saying it's effective against Omicron. That's going to be definitely a reopening trade. The algos bought on that. But it is fizzled out. So we had the big spike on the news for the overall S&P. 
uh, rallied once again. We rallied a little bit overnight, then we got hit. Then we rallied again at 7 o'clock on this news, and now we're giving, we're leaking it back again. So if you go to the indices, Joe, we are running into resistance right where you would expect, which is the all-time high. This 470, if you bring up the chart, you can see major resistance on the SPY there. And when you rally so much so fast, where we go 450 three days ago, and boom, right up to resistance, usually the first time up here we struggle. So it's not surprising we're struggling, at least this morning, at the 470 area on SPY. I, why don't I just give you the news right now? I'm sure you've all heard it by now. Dennis just referred to it, but Pfizer out this morning uh, with the news that a third dose of their vaccine is effective against the Omicron variant. So um, uh, I, I guess not a total surprise there. Uh, market That's what the market reacted to this morning uh, about an hour ago when that news came out. But that is that, that is that is the trigger of the morning so far. Um, but that and that's, there's your headline. So uh, Pfizer moved off it. Biontech moved off it. The whole market moved off it. So that's where we are. So, you know, the question is, what now? We always, you know, obviously we can look at the past and we can say, okay, well, here's what happened. We can report what's happened. You know, where do we think we're going from here? I think we struggle today to a certain extent at this level, just because it's the first time up here. Does that mean we're giving it all back? No, because you've got people now that will back and fill, meaning, you know, on the pullbacks here, they'll be looking to buy stocks. Um, the growth names have had a wicked rally. I mean, there's a wicked two-day rally in, in in the growth names. Does that continue here this morning? Um, I, I, I don't think it's at least not continuing, at least this, like right now. You're seeing, you know, an ARKK is a great indicator for that. Um, it's flat right now. Or actually, it's up, wow, well, it's up 0.2%. So I guess it's not a much, overall not market. Much. Yeah. It's a question for right you. Now. Question, yeah, question for you. Go. I mean, you were pounding the table last week. The only thing this market cares about is interest rates. Yeah. Uh, all they care about is the virus. Well, uh, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that because we had a two-day dead cap bounce here. Does that change anything? I that's think this a, market. Well, why did we have the dead cap very, bounce? Why did we have the dead cap bounce? The simplistic. We've talked about this. This market. Sometimes you get a market and it really prices everything in, and it's really looking ahead. This market is very simplistic. It takes the, 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 the headline that's happening right now and runs with it. And, you know, the headline that's been running for the last couple of days is two days ago was Omicron isn't that bad. And then the next headline, obviously, this morning is the vaccine works against it. So the market is running with that headline. Um, the, the question is, is the market correct? Um, I'm, I have not added anything to the long-term account. I'm still sitting with the 25% cash that I was sitting and coming in. Um, and, and I'm looking here and I'm actually looking not so much what to buy today. I'm looking what to sell today because there's some stocks that, you know, got hammered and some have bounced back. So, yeah, I mean, again, we're just in the same market where the same thing continues to work. It's like groundhog day, buying dips and selling rips. And I was scared to buy some of these dips other than the Kathy one that I tweeted about seven times there the other day, but (laughs) I have been a little bit scared to buy the dips. Um, I've been more inclined to short the reps. Today, I've, I've I sold my U. I sold the stuff that I all that's the stuff that I bought. Um, other than and and yeah, so I mean, there was one stock I think maybe I, I kept on to, but for the most part, you know, I'm sitting back here, more market neutral now, uh, at least from my trading perspective, and you know, my swing trading perspective. Obviously, always still long, but still sitting with a significant portion of cash because, like you said, Fed, the Fed punch bowl didn't all of a sudden just come back. And I think that's going to be the underlying problem going forward is easy money has driven this market for a decade. And if we're going to get into a time when the money is not going to be as easy so that they can battle inflation, that's going to 
that's going to be a, a rough spot, a potential. So we got the Fed meeting stocks. next week. That's what I was alluding to. Yeah. We got we got the Fed that's, meeting. So, that's, I mean, we can't say we're just going to meander until the, the the Fed meeting. I mean, that's not till what uh, next uh, Tuesday and Wednesdays would they actually make the announcement? So, is that the canary in the coal mine that's uh, going to take us back down? Uh, I'm just, you know, I'm just. What you're you're exactly right, and what what is in the headlines, what's in the news, is what's driving the market. I'm just wondering next week. I mean, what if they pull a surprise rate hike in December? Ah, yes. well, they're not going to do that. You know, that's that, that's not even. Again, there's an order, a method to the madness to a certain extent. I don't see them jacking rates before they start tapering. So you know, so mm-hmm. obviously tapering, then the interest rate hikes. That, that could come sooner than later, though. And, you know, the market has now completely forgot about that because it's so simplistic. Mm-hmm. I have not forgot about that. This is a time where if you're just using your head and looking ahead a little bit, you can beat the market. There are these moments in time where you can actually outsmart the market. And, you know, we did it on this show back in February of 2020 when we said, you know, this COVID thing could get ugly. We said it for two months. We were a month ahead of it, but, you know, we said it for two months. And then all of a sudden, boom, you know, we fall 30% in March. And everybody's like, well, nobody could see that coming. What do you mean nobody could see that coming? Everybody could see that coming. I mean, it was it was the most obvious thing, elephant in the room. You could, you know, all of a sudden it was, it was you know, it wasn't just going to magically go away. Hell no, it wasn't going to. So, you know, and we were positioned for that. It was the first time I had hedged my portfolio in a decade. Yep. So, you know, and, and actually it was worked out very well. Again, I didn't get off the bear train fast enough. I stayed on the bear train too long, so I didn't participate in the rally as much as, you know, I, I, I protected myself from the sell-off. So, you know, you know, nobody's perfect, right? But in this case, I feel like it's the same type of thing. Okay. I mean, I'm looking here and I'm like, they said the Fed, the Fed's saying they're pulling the punch bowl. Why do I want to own a whole pile of stocks right now that are all overpriced? Again, certain stocks, certain stocks are not overpriced. You know, like a GM, it's not expensive. Ford's not expensive. Intel's not expensive. I mean, is this going to move into a value-oriented market? That's what I'm predicting, and that's what I'm positioning myself for longer term. And as a trade, you know, we had an awesome dead cap bounce in growth. Somebody's saying, oh, dead cap bounced to all-time highs. We're not talking SPY. SPY never really sold off. We're up three, down 4% at the most. So S&P has been the best place to be for, for hedged in itself because they always just rotate within it. But what I'm talking about is the growth names, and they have been hammered, and they have had a, a really sweet bounce here. I mean, ARKK 125 down to 89, back up to 100 bucks. Is now the time to take some of those growth chips off the table? I think so. I think if you're coming here and buying growth now, I think it's not the play. That's just my opinion. I could be wrong. I might change my mind tomorrow. I'm allowed to change my mind. People get really upset when I change my mind. But Market is constantly giving us new information. If, if the Fed all of a sudden says tomorrow we're bringing the punch bowl back, growth is, trade comes right back on. I don't think Powell's going to do that. Why would he do that? He moves a little bit, you know, slower. Like he's not going to all of a sudden say, "Oh, transitory's gone, and now we're going to bring transitory back." I, I don't think so. Oh, so he's not. I'm, no, he's not. So, so I, I don't want to own in, in an inflationary environment. You know what is going to work and what is not going to work. I can tell you what is not going to work. It's high growth names. So if we are still working in an inflationary environment and we're still working in a higher interest rate environment, that's not good for a lot of names. It's very good for banks. We know I was adding banks to my long-term portfolio. Um, there's been a nice, there was a nice dip last week in maybe some of the banks. And some of the banks haven't participated. So maybe you want to look there. But 
is this really the market that I'm looking to buy stuff or the market that I'm looking to sell stuff? It's kind of the market for me. We've had a nice rally for a couple of days. Lighten up a little bit. That's how I'm playing it. I, there's a good question here from Andrew Marie Alonzo in the chat, basically saying, Dennis, if they jack rates a half a percent, is that really a big deal for growth? How big a deal is it? Maybe this is a little bit blown out of proportion. It's a great question. It's I a think, great point from, from Andrew. Um, and 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 my answer to that is what in a vacuum, yes, not a big deal if you look at it just by itself. But what a rate hike uh, uh, indicates or signifies is a long-term shift in trend. The Fed only raises rates like. If they it, it indicates a change in mindset, right? They only do it if and there's if, problems, the, right? Well, they only do it if, if, if you know, here, you know what? Rather than me explain it, let me just show you a chart. This is a sure. historical chart of the Fed funds rate going back to the 50s, okay? So you can kind of see here, uh, the very first rate hike is often is almost always a sign of more rate hikes. Right, they only do it yeah. if, if it's going to be the new the new trend, right? So, uh, from from fifteen to to, to nineteen, 2019, we're in a rising rate environment, right? Um, but growth also did well in that environment, so it's not the best example. But the the point here is, uh, one hike part leads to very often leads to more hikes, and that is what is that issue here? Is it's not the the one hike, it's the fact that oh, now we're talking about a a a multi year you know, maybe a five-year, maybe a decade-long change in how the Fed is going to, uh, you know, how accommodative they're going to be. So that's the first thing. The second thing I'll say is, at the moment, this is a, uh, the Fed Watch tool from the CME. At the mar- at the moment, the market is pricing in a more than fifty percent chance of a rate hike by May of next year. So that's the current. That's what the market is pricing in. More than a fifty percent chance of a rate of a of at least a twenty five point uh, base point rate hike by May. That's where we stand. So it's not so much the one rate hike that matters, though. It's the fact that one very often indicates yeah. a change in trend. That that is what is that issue here. I think you want to own the banks. I think yeah. if you're looking at you know just a textbook trade, and the banks have have not really rallied that much from where, you know, some of them, some of them have sold off. So there's actually an opportunity here. I mean, look at Citigroup, $63. I mean, it was $74 a month and a half ago. Um, Maybe maybe those are what you want to own. But again, I'm going to go back. I'm buying nothing in my long-term portfolio. (laughs) Zero, zero, zero. Did I buy some growth stocks two days ago? Yes, I did. Did I tweet about it? Yes, I did. Was I changing my tune for a couple of days? Sure. They were oversold. They're no longer oversold. So you just rally back up to all-time highs. It's a gift. I think it's a gift. I, I, you know, and yes, we have Santa Claus coming to town. Maybe we're going to we make do. new all-time highs coming into the new year. You know, we're never going to time the top perfectly here. But it's not the environment where I want to be leveraged on stocks. Not if they're pulling the punch bull away. So I'm just trying to take you know a longer-term outlook here. I want to have some cash because if they really are going to start raising interest rates... <clears throat> In the foreseeable future, that's something we haven't seen for since when? When's the last time they raised rates, Spencer? You said it the other day. Uh, last time we actually had a hike yeah. was uh, uh, the twenty eighteen end of twenty eighteen, I think. It's been a couple of uh, years. Joel's point is very well taken, though. Yeah. I, don't, I, I don't want to make a call until next week either, right? Who, that's who, what he says. Yeah, who wants to make a call before? before Wednesday. And we have CPI tomorrow. We have uh, Fed Wednesday. We have options expiration on Friday. Who wants to make a call before that? 
I want. I just want to give a quick comment on uh, on the banks. Um, on uh, at nine, I'm going to have uh, Peter Winter on, and he's a regional bank analyst at uh, Wedbush. And uh, he, you know, the what he's getting. He went to a Goldman Sachs conference or was participated. And the message is is that loan growth is really going to be picking up. Uh, deposit growth is really strong. Because people are making all this money and they're putting it in the bank right from the market. And what their anticipation is, you know, once the uh, growth, uh, you know, the growth slows in the deposits, there's going to be loans. He's looking for strong, even though a little bit of rising rates last year, he, he thinks in 2022 that that loan demand is really going to pick up. And that, you know, that's going to be good for the banks and good for the economy. So uh, he follows the regional banks and the Texas banks and uh, has some really good observations. So if you're bullish banks or you want more information on banks, we're going to have him on at nine. But uh, we'll just take a look. I mean, the Citigroup, I know I just looked at that chart. That has always been kind of like the laggard of sort, right? I mean, it, it had a nice rally off the March low. Really, the the, the best bank and the biggest bank, you know, J.P. Morgan has really been the one that uh, has really had the best performance in 2021. So maybe, maybe stick with the best in breed. I mean, I'm Canadian, so I'm probably picking a little bit more on some of the Canadian banks here. But again, I'm going to be very, very, very clear. I am buying nothing at this moment in time. I want more information. I want more information. I think it's important to get more information. Um, let's wait for that Fed meeting. This is the long-term account. I'm not going to sit here and not trade today. No, I'm going to make 100 or 200 trades today. But I'm going to be buying, selling, buying, selling, buying, selling. You don't want to hear about that. I'm in and out, in and out, in and out. You know, I'm just scalping. I'm tape reading. I'm doing, do. You're going to hear about that stuff on Saturday um, for you, the people who are interested in doing this more you know, uh, on an advanced level and trading with more shorter term strategies. I'm going to talk about all that stuff on Saturday. But a lot of people who tune into the show are, you know, longer term traders. Maybe, you know, they're making a couple trades a week. Some people may be a little bit more active. Um, I'm talking to those people right now. And I just don't think coming in and buying today in my long term account after we just had a wicked rally in a lot of stocks is the, is the play. So that's where I'm at. All right, let's move on here. Uh, we're going to have Christian Fonprints on in around 15 minutes or so to, to give us his thoughts. But we had a couple, we had a number of uh, interesting earnings reports uh, overnight here, last night and this morning. Let's start with Stitch Fix, which is kind of, oh. which is your big loser of the day. Uh, high growth, been punished, had a couple of good updates in the last this week with the rest of the market, but uh, Citrix numbers were not good. I'll give you what they were. They're you know the earnings were, were fine. Uh, whatever. Uh, sales How much fine. did they make? But they, okay, so I'll tell you. I and actually I'll show you on my Benzinga Pro. So I like uh, this is a this is a calendar for Stitch Fix earnings calendar. So they they lost two cents per share last quarter, uh, which was above estimates. Uh, they they a revenue top line five hundred eighty one million dollars, but. I want to draw your attention to this is Q1, uh, their fiscal Q1 of this year. I want to draw your attention to the same quarter a year ago. EPS, they made nine cents per share from, from a nine cent per share gain to a two cent per share loss. Now, some of that was due to uh, like an accounting change, but regardless, year over year EPS decline, not what you want to see. They also gave guidance that was not particularly good. Uh, net sales uh, guidance for Q2 came in well below the estimate. You can see it right there. So uh, not a great report for Stitch Fix. Whew. 
Joel, before you do your technicals, I'm just going to say, let's just clearly say the stock is in a clear downtrend. We have been saying stocks that gap down on earnings and clear downtrends often continue to leak, often aren't the dips you want to buy. You know, think about the Star Wars. These are not the droids you're looking for. These are not the dips you're looking for, people. You're looking for dips on stocks that are in strong uptrends, not on stocks that are in strong downtrends. So this has continued to leak the entire after hours. This is, you know, a stock that had this huge story behind it. The story has gone ice, 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 baby cold. And we're here now, 1855, making new lows on the move. There's absolutely no reason other than you think it just might bounce back because everything comes back eventually. Well, this was a $120 stock, $113 stock back in February. Now it's a $18 stock. That? It's down 88%. For 85% from the highs. I just did that quick math in my head. I don't know if it's exactly right, but it's dang close. And um, I don't think it's coming back anytime soon or maybe never. So this is something I absolutely do not want to own. Sorry. Uh, step down seller here. It's last night, straight down off the number, got a little pop. And then whoever was selling in the after hours, they decided to continue that uh, in the pre-market this morning. And I'll just give you what I see on the monthlies here, because with these kind of charts, I'm just not gonna I'm not gonna give you a pre market low. I mean, it's, it looks like it's still uh, a major step down. So you have a you have a monthly low at at fifteen oh one, and if you don't think it can get there, maybe not today. Over the next couple of days, I mean, that's what I would wait for. If you feel like you wanna you wanna try along or eventually bring. Well, why in a try to be a hero on something like this? Why? No. Why? Okay, yeah. wait to cover your short at fifteen oh five. There, there you go, Joel. <laughs> there you go, Joel. I mean, I, I is there a, is there a realm of possibility the Stitch Fix could fall another fifty percent from here, from eighteen to nine? Why not? So, if and that's the one thing, and this is where everybody went wrong after the tech bubble burst back in two thousand. I keep referring to that because the growth tech bubble has burst here. We can clearly say the growth tech bubble has burst. Will it eventually make a new high again? It might. Eventually, the Nasdaq made a new high. It took ten years. The, the bubble has there was never never even a bubble in S and P. There hasn't been a huge bubble. It hasn't been. It's overvalued, but it's not to the ridiculous level that some of these growth names were. But we can clearly say, looking back, hindsight capital twenty twenty, that the growth bubble burst in February, and now it's been like up and you know kind of meandering we had the summer but it is playing to the t chart book of where we were back in now december of 2000 i don't know what that was but um that was so so all i'm saying is it if you're buying a stock that has fallen 90 percent and you know the stock goes from 100 to you say it goes from 110 dollars down to 18 you're like well how bad can it get well if it falls from 18 to 1 you're in just as bad a shape as the person that bought it at 110 because you probably just put more money in it and you're both down like, one's down like 95%, one's down like 97%. So you have to be very careful trying to catch the falling knives in these stuff because they don't always come back. Could this be the one? Could it come back and eventually get back to 110? Anything can happen. But I'm not coming in and being the hero. I'd wait until you start to see some strength. All right, uh, let's move on here. We had a number of other ones. Someone asked about ChargePoint and CHPT. I'll give you their report from last night. Uh, earnings or whatever, this is a super growth story. But they raised their guidance for the fiscal year. 
Uh, they raised it by about uh, ten million dollars on the low end of the range, from two twenty-five to two thirty-five million dollars. Sales guidance for the quarter also came in above estimates, so it was a pretty good, some good forward-looking numbers here for ChargePoint. Uh, again, still a high growth story, so the trend, the trend is the same here as as Stitch Fix. But well, let's look at the trend. Oh yes, the trend is not pretty whatsoever. Um, it's got an, the the one thing difference with Stitch Fix and EV is EV still. I'd say the story has cooled off. It isn't ice cold, so there's a big difference between cooled off. That means it could get hot again in a hurry. So I'm not saying I'm coming in buying charge point, but there's more potential for an EV story to start to get hot in the new year because, hey, we know we're still running up on EV. Stitch Fix is not an EV play. It's not that the EV stories are still somewhat sexy. So I'd say the EV story has cooled off, but it could get hot again. So this isn't one I'm going to completely write off, but I'm not buying the dip on this either. I want to start buying stocks that are stopped. I've stopped going down, not trying to catch that falling knife. Uh, they raised guidance, still trading down 88 cents. A lot of big red bars here over the last four or five days. If you really want to lean on this two-day low, uh, 1972, you had basically a two-point bump here. So if you're sticking your neck out here at 21, risking down to low, the movie did get a little gap fill here. Um, if you if you feel like you need to own it uh, underneath that 19, you got, you got some support here. I can see over the next couple of days, you had three lows in this area. But boy, oh boy, you just came down from over 26 a week ago to 20. So there's a lot of people. If they were leaning along into the report, man, oh, man. Uh, not good. Charge point. Uh, here's one that, that, where the chart looks different. Thor Industries, THO. They had earnings this morning, and they were good. The earnings per share came in above estimates by more than a dollar. They gave. They said uh, they made $4.34 last quarter versus a $3.24 estimate. Their sales came in well above estimates as well by about half a bill. Uh, just from they were they reported just below four first an estimate of just below three and a half billion dollars. So a good quarter for THO, uh, well off the highs of the pre-market session so far, but good quarter chart does not quite look the same as those other two. Mm, problem is two problems here. One, I, I like I like the company, but two, one is if we are going into a reopening trade, I think we will go into that. Um, this is not a reopening stock. So this is one that they were flying into over the course of 2020 and 2021 mm-hmm. because we're all doing outdoor activities and we're never going to socialize in public again. So I'm a little bit skeptical. If we're, it might be the wrong day for it to have reported these earnings for the simple reason is that the earnings were really, really good. But we are seeing a little bit of a reopening bounce this morning. So this isn't a reopening stock. So I'm a little bit scared that they actually just reported on the wrong day. Um, you do have overhead supply here too, 110 to 115, all kinds of resistance. Uh, this is one that I know. It's a it, tricky it, one. It, 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 I don't even know if it's that tricky, Joel. I think they could pull the rug out from under this thing. So, I think it's pretty clear I, on the technicals. They did it with Dex. Remember with Dex? Dex had a really, really good report, and it was trading up on it's initially, and then down. they pulled the plot, they pulled the rug out from under, and they hammered it. I think we might see a repeat here on this one. So I'm actually trying. I'm actually calling it. I think they're going to pull the rug out from under this. You got to hold 110, right? You had a trading range from 105. I do T-H-O-R. You had a trading range, 15, 110. You pumped above it, got to 118, and that was stuffed. To me, 
if you don't hold 110, then you're just in a reset of the of the last few days here, right? Where you're in a trading range from 105 to 110. So if you're trying to buy this one off to hop up 361, I mean, I wouldn't even want to see a 109.70 print. I want to see a 110 bid, go back up and, and test it. But trading range broke out, trying to hold it, trading 110. I agree with you on that one. This doesn't hold 110. You're going to be giving I, I think you can see games. a Dix again. And then Dix, which had a really good report. They kept oh hitting it on gosh. it and hitting it on. They haven't stopped hitting it on it. I, I, it's it's not obviously Thor is not Dix, but I'm just saying there's a similarity here. Outdoor sporting activities, outdoors, you know, going in your, you know, your Thor and going around and seeing the country, camping and doing things. It's outdoors. And we already saw them slam Dix on a really good report. And I'm scared they might do the same thing with Thor. Well, you know what they pulled uh, with Dix, though? They went real conservative on the guidance. Going what ahead. is the guidance here, Spencer? Yeah, uh, what's the me, guidance let here? Me pull it up in the handy dandy Benzinga Pro. Scroll down a little bit to when they reported. Uh, they guided, well, they guided above the estimate, though. Okay, that's. I'm just saying it's that's better. a little bit it's different because yeah. Dix was real like, hey, we don't know what people are going to do during the holiday season. We've right. had a great year, but what the companies like to do is they like to, you know, you know, you know, under under promise and over deliver. So they yeah. set a bar that's yeah. low. I don't know the street. Yeah. The street right now is not waiting to find out on Dix, but uh, Thor. Let's see. Let's see. One ten. Sticking out pretty clearly to, to me. Uh, what about Sentinel One ticker S uh, earnings out last night? This one's got had a, had a rough couple of days here. Um, again, mm, high growth story. One. Yeah. yeah, you're coming into support. I like the story of Sentinel One. I like the story, and this company was best of breed. They were giving it, you know, Kramer at least was giving it a month ago. Yeah. You've come down significantly here. Um, huh. Part, part these are me, the toughest charts. It's tough. You're at support. I, I kind of think the Sentinel One story is going to get hot again too. It's one that maybe I would buy the dip on. It's a it's a yeah. I, I kind of want to buy the dip. I want to buy the dip a lot more than like on a stitch fix on this thing. So I, I, I could see it bouncing back. I could see it also falling through. But I, I I tend to think they're going to buy this dip just because the store the growth you know obviously growth names have had a really rally in the last couple of days. Now you get back to the lows where you were a couple of days ago on this thing, and then all of a sudden there's going to be some people saying, "Oh, you know, here's one that I you know I can get back into." I, I think they're going to buy the dip on this. But you know, like, again, you know, we don't know anything. You know, if I'm right 51 percent of the time, I can make money in this game. So, 42. They slammed it to wow. What a wild first yeah. bracket there. It got over 54 for some reason. And then it's just over 42 hanging out it uh in the 45 handle. Uh it does 43 was the low of the move. And I don't know if you're gonna get a look at 43 today. You got you got the bounce, and now you're just hanging in the 45 handle. But 43's been the low of the move, so if you're taking a shot here. You know, that's where your risk is, too. Of course, what's the bottom of yes? Wow, this had a big range yesterday. Uh, if you're looking for a little bit of a gap fill here, you're just trying a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a scalp. Uh, the low is 47.38. That's only two bucks away. And I'm sure a lot of people would like to see that close at 51.04. What about Toll Brothers here? Their earnings were out yesterday. They, they had good report, too. Uh, EPS beat, sales beat. They got deliveries for the for the whole fiscal year in the eleven thousand home yeah. range, which to me doesn't even sound that bad. Uh, that sounds pretty good. Uh, 
Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, I was. This is one I was curious to see, right? Because we talk about the home builders and you know Dennis yeah. going to go home right now. But this was a good report for Toll. It was. I don't know. Let's not go here, but. I, I just don't know a rising interest rate environment would scare me to stick these in your long-term portfolio, even though they're fairly cheap. Um, and they are cheap, but they're cheap based on really historically high earnings right now. Like, I mean, it has not been a better environment for the home builders and they're still killing it right now. Don't kid yourself. You know, there is just, everybody is busy. I mean, you know, we talked to the trades, they're all backed up. You can't find roofers. You can't find this, you know, the home builders are, are, are killing it to a certain extent right now because they're all just busy. There's lots of demand. Um, if interest rates started to go up significantly, that could change, but that, that trade might be a little bit further down the line. So maybe they're safe for a bit, but if they start worrying about interest rates, home builders will get hit. So just be careful there. What do you got at 7250? You got anything in there? Can you see in the book there? I'm just curious because it hit 7249 yesterday. Backed off the close at seventy one twenty four. So, I mean, the stock just you know it traded to three million. Almost shares, nothing. No, there, nothing no. there. Nothing visible. All right. Well, let's see what happens. Uh, last few times it made an all time high. Uh, this was back in June. It had a hard time. Had to sell off. Don't know. You know, different market environment. But uh, I think let's let's take out that all time high. I mean, you did it in the in the after hours, so that doesn't count as much. And then in the pre market, it still got that area. So if you're long this and you're just like great report, this thing's going to seventy five. You know, just make sure you clear 72.49 first. If it goes red on the session, you had some sellers in the close. Look at yesterday's low. That's the highest low it ever made. A little bit of a drop off that. But keeping an eye on 72.50 on the upside, T-O-L. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming, I wish I'd used Indeed. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility all at Indeed.com slash P-R-E-P. Just go to Indeed.com slash P-R-E-P right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash P-R-E-P. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hello? Oh, silence. Spencer? Did we lose Spencer? I was on mute. Uh, the old ah. mute. <laughs> oh, 
The old mute trick. What I was saying. It's been a long time since somebody's done. I was on. I was on uh, mute a couple times. I was trying to say something. I'm like, man, I just can't get a word in with Dennis. He just keeps talking over (laughs) me. And then I look and I had to mute. I tried to say it three times. I'm like, I'm getting. I'm gonna text him right now and tell him to let me talk. And then I looked and I was on the mute button. But uh, anyways, what I was was gonna say was I was very curious about Campbell's soup and what they were gonna say this morning because you know Mm. they. A uh, inflationary uh, uh, the company that would theoretically be, be affected by inflation, uh, and so what they say. So they said uh, their earnings last quarter came in above above estimates, eighty nine cents versus eighty one cents. Their sales uh, missed us by a smidgen. Uh, they reaffirmed their guidance for the year. Interestingly enough, I was looking at the, their statement, and their margins actually decreased year over year. Though it's hard to judge exactly why that happened because they. It, it, it's due to a variety of factors. You have input costs, you have you know advertising costs, supply chain costs, labor costs. So it's hard to exactly say, oh, uh, margin decreasing means they're not passing prices along to consumers. Uh, but but that was interesting to me. Uh, I did do a control F search for the word inflation in their statement. Nine mentions of the word inflation, which is a lot, uh, oh. in, in, in their press release out this morning. So. Um, Top of mind for for Campbell's suit, but it actually didn't seem like that bad a report. Um, and everybody they, knows the food stocks are fighting inflation, so it's like so far along now. People just expect it. Yeah. So if they it, again, the bar is set very low for these companies for that simple reason is that they know they're fighting those inflationary pressures. Um, I, I, I'm I'm I don't know. Food stocks are defensive. If we're going to an ugly market, the food stocks can actually hold up better. But nah, trading range. There's easier places for your money. Trade 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 the range dot com. Buy it at forty, sell it at near forty two. Short it at forty two, buy it at forty. Where you traded forty one, no trade. I like trading range. There we go. There we go. Hey, let's bring on Christian Fromhurst from the Tribeca Trade Group. Give us his thoughts on this market. Uh, he's a great follow on Twitter at C from Hertz. Get him on the show right now. Christian, what's up, man? Hey, guys. How's it going? Doing fantastic. We, uh, we've had an interesting couple of weeks here. I, I would love to get your take on, on the market on first the dip and then the rip that we've, that we've had here in the, in the last couple of weeks. Yeah, it's, it's been an interesting market the, the last couple of weeks. You know, I think that we got into a bit of uh, complacency. Um, I think that we got into uh, that area where, you know, everybody started to look at seasonality. And when everybody starts to kind of look, you know, do the same thing and say, hey, the Santa Claus rally is coming. Uh, you know, that's where really you can kind of get, um, you know, put off guard a little bit. And I think that's what the markets did. Uh, last week and or, or I guess a week and a half ago. But I also thought, too, that while that complacency was kind of bubbling up in the market, uh, we saw a number of warning signals uh, just under the under the hood. We saw a lot of market breath really kind of weaken and, and get really, really bad as the market was kind of hanging at, uh, you know, short to or rel- you know, highs. Basically, you know, the S&P was just kind of sitting up there and we just saw breath really get weak and you know i think then we got a got hit with the the double shot of um you know powell talking about um 
you know, inflation is not transitory as well as some COVID scares and, and some of that too. So I, I think the, the warning signs were already in place for that, but then you kind of got the news and, and a double hit of bad news. And, um, you know, the market's working off both of those types of things. And um, we saw, you know, of course, um, buyers kind of step in back when the S&P tested that 50-day moving average again, and uh, and certainly some areas of strength that we've that we've got um, based on what's going on in sectors. You guys already talked about the home builders, uh, but we've, but we've also got the semiconductors showing some really good uh, you know signs of strength as they have been for the last couple of weeks, and then you've got some other pockets of strength going on. You know, I think that the um, parts of the transportation. Uh, sectors look look pretty good. The rails, the trucking, those look pretty good. So you got a lot of moving parts going on and, and um, you got a lot of events coming up too as we kind of come towards the end of the year. So what do you attribute this bounce to, if anything? Well, I, I think it enticed some buyers to kind of get back involved in, in the market. And um, I think that we got enough of that you know, that complacency got washed out, right? We started to see, you know, things like the put call ratio uh, get really high. So there, there was some fear in the market. And uh, once we kind of have that washout and complacency, I, I think it kind of invites some of those uh, buyers to come back into the market um, that were, uh, you know, maybe, uh, you know, other participants got a little bit thrown off guard. But, you know, um, you know, a market is kind of funny that way. Sometimes, um, areas where we kind of, uh, you know, a little bit of dip seems like a good entry point for some investors versus the other investors getting, um, you know, kind of, you know, got a little bit too complacent with the market. So how, what, what's your approach here, Christian, to this market coming in the last few weeks of the year? I mean, historically, this is a very strong market. Obviously, we've got bounce back on the S&P to all-time highs, but there's still a lot of growth names that are still beat up. What are you looking at and how are you positioning yourself? Yeah, sure. And I, I can show, can I show the screen too? Oh, yeah, we love yeah. Go ahead. Show right, us what you're looking at. Let's do that and share screen. And while he's doing that, just there seems to be some confusion in the chat. Christian is not from Hertz. His name is actually from Hertz. Just to clear that up. We have never. Never had that one on the show. That's a good joke <laughs> from her. That what, is, what, a, what a great. Intro. Have you ever had anybody say that to you before? Only when, when I call Avis to book. <laughs> I'm Christian from Hertz. This is very confusing. That's great. <laughs> All righty, let, let, let's see what we got here, Christian. You can't get rental cars now. I mean, it's tough to get rental cars. Yeah. But anyways, yeah, go ahead, Christian. Yeah. So, so for the next couple of weeks, I, I think just really being selective. You know, trading. You know, trading really good setups. You know, not going. You know, going off and just saying, "Hey, I'm going to buy." You know, any growth stock that's dipping. Right. I, I know some of these names have really come down pretty far, but I, I think really just kind of watching for things kind of move back, start to kind of move back up a little bit. You know, rather than just taking shots on things. And you know, I, I think some of these things just got went down so quickly that a bounce was in order. You know, I heard you guys talk about that and kind of saying. Hey, a little bit of a dead cat bounce in some of these things. I agree. And if you got the, you know, if you if you got a bounce, um, you know, if you played for that, then I think you got to be taking, uh, you know, some profits in some of those areas because I do think that we have a little bit of changing of the guards in terms of, um, you know, in terms of rotations. Um, but I I think that we're still going to see some areas of the market 
um, do really well. So I'm, I'm playing to those relative strength areas of the market and um, areas that that pulled back just a little bit, but basically pulled back into support. Um, I like a phrase that you guys use a lot, which is, you know, buy the dip in uptrends and, and sell the rip in, in downtrends. So I, I think that you have to stick to that. Um, and I can go over a couple of names that, that you know, sure. even in the growth, both growth and value, I think you could you could play in both areas of the market, um, provided that you're looking at really good setups and, and quality names. Before you go to those, Christian, I just want to ask you, uh, you know, you learn in your economic textbooks that, you know, rising interest rates are, are bad for the market, especially, it, it, you know, for as long as we've had low rates. But to me, the market's just kind of taken on the attitude is, hey, we're, we're, we're going to have a soft landing. This is not going to be a hard landing. If they, you know, do the process in, in such a gradual way, you know, not to not to stymie growth, to me, it's just like the, the you know, pump and pile. He got us out of the pandemic. You know, here we are, different situations to deal with. And, you know, this mark, to, the way this market is acting after that, that, you know, we're not worried about the virus and we're not, not even really worried about interest rates. What, what do you think there is at that, just that, that just a pure bullish soft landing approach? Yeah. I mean, I, I think, I think Powell's been great for the market, you know, and at some point, he, he can't just kind of, you know, if things continue to, to, you know, if we continue to get higher and higher inflation, he has to kind of change his tone a little bit. So I think this CPI report will be interesting that we get later in the week. I think some other gauges, uh, gauges of inflation are going to be interesting, too, that we get to see how bad um, these measures get. But overall, and, unless we're unless things really, really get get much those. Um, Data points come in much, much worse than expected. I think he's going to continue to be kind of that soft landing type of type of guy. Uh, but I think that's not all stocks are going to behave the same way. If even if it's I heard you guys talking about 25, 25 or 50 basis points and uh, in rate increase, some stocks should be able to weather that quite fine. But other high multiple stocks, you've kind of seen that that tantrum of what the high multiple stocks did um, just as kind of talks of changing the tone. So you really have to be careful with with some of those names that are when you look at a price to sales ratio. And I'm more of a technical guy than, than a fundamental guy, but I can't ignore when you know a name gets a price to sales ratio of over 50. Right. At that point, you know, if you're in some of those names, you know, you can make adjustments. You could be taking some profits and, and leaving runners on, you know, or if you are playing in those areas of the market, you know, maybe dial down the position size to kind of buffer in case Powell does decide to really um, move that timeline a little bit closer in terms of those rate hikes. Because be it as it, you know, be it as it may with those small, you know, rate hikes that could be happening down the road, certain stocks are going to be more sensitive them, uh, more sensitive to them than others. Uh, here's a good one uh, from the chat here. Uh, someone wants your take just on, on crypto for next year. <laughs> crypto for next year? Wow. Um, I, I'm not, you know, I, I have a little bit of money in crypto and I just kind of keep it there. I have it in Ethereum. You're a whole and, um, and, you know, and that's it. Like, I'm not really touching that unless it really breaks down. I will watch the technicals in it. But I, I think that the trend is your friend in, in some of these things. And, you know, we could look at a little bit of Ethereum, but I, I don't do any like over management in, in these things. I think if we really like if Ethereum breaks the 50 day moving average, um, then then I would not add to the position, you know, and maybe reduce it if it really kind of breaks, you know, maybe those September lows. But 
Um, I'm, I'm all in, uh, in terms of my crypto allocation, I'm in Ethereum, not so much Bitcoin, um, but that's, that's my own personal play. But it's, it's, it's a very small um, portion of my portfolio, and I, I don't do a lot in the space. Um, I'm with you. I'm with you. I, I'm a holder, and, it, and it's a small piece, but <laughs> hopefully it gets to be a bigger piece one day. Uh, okay, Christian from Hertz, as we said, Tribeca Trade Group, at C from Hertz is his Twitter handle. Highly, highly recommend following him. He's posting charts throughout the day, posting trades throughout the day. Christian, was, is there any other names on your radar here, just for the short term? Yeah, well, being that the home builders are so strong, and and you know we're hearing about that there's you know, a shortage of houses. I, I do like this group a lot, the, the home building group. And uh, one name that I'm that I'm looking at is William Sonoma down here. So here, so here we have a nice dip in the market. Um, it hasn't really responded very well to the um, to the move up the last couple of days. So I, I don't have a position in it yet, but I'm kind of um, watching to see what it does here. It's, it's into support. And I just think with, you know, as well as the home builders are doing, I think that's going to spill over to a little bit more of the um, the home improvement type stock. So I, I like William Sonoma. Um, they have brands such as like the Pottery Barn as well. So I think that the people are going to continue to furnish their homes. Um, I'm going to be watching the restoration hardware report, which I think is after the close. Um, another name that I like the flooring stocks a lot too. So floor and decor starting to see this move in floor and decor, which has been a little bit of an underperformer in the group. You've seen Trex do better than, than this stock. Uh, but I'm looking to see, I, I like the support to trade against here, uh, 128. And I think that this thing can kind of get a nice move up to 137 and then possibly um, digest here and, and then look for a move higher. Um, I like the semis as well. I mean, they, they've been so strong. Um, I like MCHP. Um, that's a name that I've been in um, breaking out to new highs. Um, I also, you know, I know AMD is, is very widely followed, but you got a little bit of a dip here in AMD. I think as long as AMD can stay above 144, and maybe do a little bit work here and get above these short-term moving averages. Um, I would be a buyer of, of AMD on the dip here as well. Before we go, Christian, just just one more thing. I mean, on a day on a day like today, we've had you know just a just credible two-day run here up near all-time highs. Like, well, you know, what's your trigger? I mean, is it something that you see within the first 15 minutes, the first half hour? Are you a lot off the opening prints? Because I think it's a you know it's important day for the market. We had that great two-day run. We're up near all-time highs. Uh, what, is there anything that you key off, any indicator or you know, a technical pattern or anything you're looking at early in the session? Uh, I mean, so the indicator that, that I use uh, predominantly on my screens is, is um, the market webs, which is a proprietary indicator, which looks okay. at volume, volume at price. Um, I, I'm, you know, the overnight session has been very strong. Right. As always, like if you look back 20, 30 years, um, the majority of the gains are made in the, in the overnight market. So um, I, I think that you do have to have a piece of risk on, you know, to to be able to take advantage of these overnight moves. And I, I you know, what I did yesterday was I sold into the strength. You know, I missed a little okay. bit of that, that follow through move, but uh, I like selling into the strength. And then, and then for swing trades, watching how things kind of set up in the last hour of the day. Awesome. Excellent. Christian, a pleasure as always. Thanks a lot for coming on and uh, have a good rest of your week. 
Thanks, guys. You too. All right. Uh, it is 8.49 with 10 minutes or so left in today's show before we go over to the last Benzinga Small Cap Conference of the year. We will do some ticker time. Drop your tickers in the chat. There's one that I want to hit on today, which is SWK, Stanley Black & Decker. A couple headlines here. One, they are selling their security business for $3.2 billion. Two, they also announced a $4 billion buyback plan. And three, I had no idea that Stanley Black and Decker had a security business. So today I learned, when, today I learned and now they're selling it. So anyway, I thought that was interesting. Mm. Wow. Um, nice 12 buck pop. I yeah. see a couple of highs at 197, 198. You're opening into that. So if this is the greatest thing since sliced bread, man, there's actually three highs that this 198 area it holds 198, take 200. You're off to the races. It's up on 7,000 shares. There were sellers there before. Let's see if they're still there now. Yeah, right. I just don't buy the rip. So yeah, I mean, twelve. It's up six percent. It's up twelve bucks. Hard to buy the rip on it. I like the company though. All right, here's what's going to happen. You see, you can see Mitch just joined. I have to hop because I have to go get ready for the last Benzinga Small Cap Conference of the year. I will be your MC today, so I'll see you guys over there. But Mitch is here. Joel is here. Dennis is here until nine o'clock. So I see takers flying in the chat. Mitch will run through them with Joel and Dennis. I'll catch you guys over there on the uh, Small Cap Conference stream. All right. Money Before match. we get too much into the stock, I got to ask you, Dennis, Uh-oh. Pike's Peak shirt? That's like in my backyard. I can literally see Pike's Peak. Look at this. Look at this representing for Mitch here. I love right it. Love and it's in it. your backyard. Literally, I can see it. I can show uh, you a picture. I've been, I, I was out in Colorado a few. I've been there, I think, three or four times. I love Colorado. It's a good 14. I was going to ask what garage sale you got that at. Oh, I actually bought it or else out there. Yeah. <laughs> you really paid for it, huh? Mitch, see, that's a nice area. I call it. All right. Denver, yeah, Colorado. I love it it's over all there, beautiful. man. But let's go ahead. Let's get into some of these stocks. Um, so let's take a look at Apple because I feel like it's been a, a wow. kind of you know safety growth yeah. type of stock. Let's take a Just look at wins that. wins in every environment. <laughs> I don't know what to say. They come out and they, you know. So we're worried about production iPhones, issues so, yeah. a week ago, and they just buy the thing right back anyways. Right they here. can't stop buying it. It's so it, – uh, relative to itself, it's overvalued. I mean, it's just trading like as high a multiple as Apple usually trades. But I still own it in the long-term account. I don't know. It's making new all-time highs. And it seems like in an environment where they start to hammer everything, they don't hammer Apple. So I'm not sure why it's so forgiven about everything, but – I don't like selling stocks, making new all-time highs, and I'm still in this one. Uh, you're trading up 68 cents. I mean, someone took – well, that is really an overkill. Someone took this up to 173.88 in the after hours. I yeah, know things really got excited, a little Joel. silly. Things got a little silly I saw in the after in the after hours trading. Uh, but just do a reset from yesterday. Apple, it's a, it, you know, it will give you a, a couple looks in the same area, right? At least. So 171.58. If you're bullish, you see what happens at 172. <clears throat> and then if, uh, you know, if you're trying to protect profits, all time high, wow, added six bucks yesterday under that 171.18. You don't have much under there until yesterday's low. So, Early, see what happens. Shakes out between 171.18, the close, and 172. All right. The one, the only, the house of mouse. I saw that chart, and uh, so when someone brought it up, and it, it, it gave you a couple looks in the same area. 
143, 143. Oh, man. I want to see it, what, trade it up 66 cents? I would just focus on your daily highs, see if they could take it above this 150, uh, above yesterday's highs, 154 and a quarter, but... It's it. I mean, it doesn't look like it's just going to go there in a heartbeat. It's just it's like a slow, yeah. slow grind higher. Red bar yesterday. Uh, mm-hmm. Beside, you know, ooh, that's not good. Besides a r- real strong market, it actually clo- it was up on the day, but it closed lower than it opened. So maybe a little bit of a breather day in Disney. That's what I would say. All right, let's go to an interesting pair of stocks here. Let's go to Zillow and Open. Zillow started leading a little bit of a bounce back, and I'm, you know, wondering about open here, but Zillow really starting to get a little bit of a bounce back there. What are you thinking here on these charts and this relationship? I have a trading position on Zillow, so I'll limit my comments. I'll let you do that one, Joel. Yeah. It's bouncing. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see it. Let's see it. Prove to me that it can get through six. What is this? 65. Yeah. Uh, Three-star resistance at 65. Um, if you lose the close, uh, down at 61.51, yesterday's low. But uh, right now I see a cap, and it's still two bucks away from 65. So pretty good resistance there. If I was trying to buy this like on a pullback, like I felt like I missed the low of the move, uh, maybe, let's see, 12.6, maybe stick your neck out at 60, you know, right here, and risk down to the low of the move. But uh I don't know. Resistance at 65, real, no real clear support. All right. A lot mentioned about Docu, but I don't think anything's changed on that chart. Let's go to uh, one that no, I'm interested in. I'm not buying DocuSign here. Yeah, it's, it's just yeah. hanging out here. Not much, right? I mean, sideways action right now. Not not a great candle yesterday. Yeah. So, And then not, neither for Peloton either, So, which I obviously have the small swing trade in, and I might get stopped out on it. DocuSign... Um, I don't know. I got everything rip, roar, and rally follow through yesterday, and the stock closed red. That's not a good sign. But it got the you know the low of the move one thirty one fifty one. That's going to be support down there probably. All right. Just want to give some statistics out there. Yes, we had a couple days of rally, but sixty one point two percent of stocks are actually below their fifty SMA. Um, normally we look at the 200 to give us bullish and bearish yeah. closer action on the 50 still pointing. 61. A lot of stocks are still hurting, still hurting. Just yeah. want to mention that about market breadth there. I uh, mean, again, those stocks too, Mitch, it's a great point you're making. We look at this market at all time highs and say, wow, what a fantastic market. But when you lift up and you look under, there's so many stocks that are still really beaten up. And that's why I'm saying on a lot of these stocks, was it just a dead cap bounce on a lot of these things? They were really oversold. And is this rally to be sold in some of these names? I think so. So we've had a nice, nice rally the last couple of days and a lot of beaten down names. I think you're using that opportunity to lighten those names up. All right. Now, one that I'm looking at today to maybe take a trade on the upside is I'm looking at Goldman Sachs. I have no position on this, but the 400 is just standing out to me, Joel. Does it stand out to you like it does to me? Uh, 400 as support. Yeah, 137. Nice move. I think you got room up to 405 or just above 405. You got a pair of highs. No, it's higher than that. Call four, you know, 407. Room up to 407. Nice candle yesterday. Uh, if you want to stick your neck out at 400. I mean, I wouldn't wait till yesterday's low to find out that I was wrong, but 
Let's see if you can work this. Actually, there's four highs in that area, the 407. So that's your major resistance. Uh, if you're looking to play it up 50% on the long side. 50% retracement of the move maybe could give you a resistance yeah, too. Yeah, that like you too. Go to four. 26 down to the 376 so 50 bucks 25 point rally 400 dollars almost as resistance up here now i think yeah. you're coming in now i think you're coming in late all right well one thing i'm going to be watching is you know fed talk next week right a lot of financials probably be on watch today yeah. um, let's go ahead let's do a last one here interesting one being mentioned by martin uh chewy here chewy I haven't so Chewy talked versus about this one Wolf. in a while. This, this, uh, this Chewy chart's ugly. Yeah. I, don't know. I, I never really understood why, you know, the online pet food store was, you know, just bought hand over fist. Like maybe it was Kramer because he was nonstop pumping the stock, I felt like, for a year straight. Now he doesn't talk about it because it's broken trend and he's Kramer's a momentum trader. Um, we've been cut in half. We're 120 to 60. Is the story cooled off here? Definitely. Is the story have the potential to come back? Maybe. Hanging out here near the lows, though. Bounced a little bit the last couple of days from 57 to 60. Nothing too exciting. That trend is still ugly. That downtrend we have is still ugly. Lots of overhead supply. Hard to get excited about this unless it starts getting above 70. Yeah, right. well, I'd see a pair of highs, though. I mean, if you want to look a little bit low, right. lower, 66.40. I mean, but that's still six bucks a day, uh, away. So if you can hang out here a couple days and not give it back, maybe you can lean on that as low of the move. But uh, if you get some sudden burst to 66.40, just be aware that double top there. And yeah, what was one the thing point? that I mentioned with Chewy, I think that really affected them was all these kind of uh, – like let's say Uber Eats and Instacart and Uber that can now deliver Petco items, Pet Smart items directly to your home. Isn't that what Chewy was doing? Just yeah. at a slower pace now? So I think that's Six, definitely coming in. Give you another number there just to focus on when uh, you had your your bad day when you went you dropped from sixty six. You had to close at sixty two sixty nine, and that was right up there with yesterday's high. So people were trying to get out at the three day resistance. I'll use that as uh, ahead of that sixty five. Need to clear that uh, to get going. And you know, if you're if you're buying it here, you're leaning on the low of the move. But I'm gonna let you guys finish up. I'm gonna do the rest of these. Uh, rest of these tickers uh, on pre-market prep plus and as i mentioned uh having peter winner he's a regional bank analyst over at wetbush on today so everyone good luck trading be back with you later on appreciate it you guys smash the like for these guys right here spending the time with you guys every morning appreciate you dennis all right mitch uh have a great day everyone have a great trading day it's gonna be some chop that's the only thing we do know um volatility baby you just you're just in the resistance though so um, uh, I'm somewhat cautious here. We'll see what happens. All right, guys, I'm going to take you guys now to the Benzinga small cap conference. We're going to have mine men. And if you need to learn a little bit about super coffee, hmm, come check it out, guys. There's a lot of companies that are going to be go ahead and presenting, giving you guys not only what the company does, but what are their advantages? Go check it out. One thing that I will also say is if you're looking for live trading with Benzinga, I'm going to be in the chat. I'm going to be trading also. So you guys join us. If you were going to join live trading, go on over to the chat. Come on over to the small cap. I'll meet you there. We'll see you in the chat. Until then, keep it going on pre-market prep. Let's go.
Did you know nearly all stock price changes of 10% or more result from a single news headline? That's right. News headlines have a unique ability to drive stock prices up or down. These news catalysts create trading opportunities every day. All you need is a little help to reach out and take them. And if you're looking to grow your portfolio, it doesn't matter if your investment budget is small or big. An easy-to-read stream of news headlines will increase your opportunities to profit from price changes in the stock market, consolidate a knowledge-based investment strategy, and grow your portfolio. All you need is Benzinga Pro and its powerful news alerts, price tracking, and portfolio monitoring to make a positive change in your trading performance. We've already helped thousands of retail traders across the world, and they could not be happier. Increase your market knowledge, boost your exposure to big movers, and make informed trades before major price changes. The opportunities are all around you. Subscribe now, and we'll skyrocket your portfolio today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.